0: Abide with me, abide with me.
1: This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries here in Bentonville, Arkansas. And uh, we are continuing our, uh, what we call the journey series, if you will, Uh, just talking about letting our subject matter be about the different topics that are in the journey uh, process, the the nine-month process. And so uh, it's really been, it's already been fun uh, interviewing some of our key leaders, uh, some of our staff members and board members. And uh, this week, I've got a special guest. Uh, and we're going to be talking about God cares, and I've got Jay Thompson, who's our regional director over in Memphis, Tennessee. So, welcome, Jay.
0: Thank you, Brian.
1: And uh, Jay, why don't you uh, introduce yourself a little bit? Just tell them uh, about you know who you are and about your family, and a little bit about how you got plugged into this thing called influencers, and and then we'll go from there.
0: Yeah. Um, well, my name's Jay Thompson. I always uh, tell people I grew up in South Arkansas. And uh, we've been in Memphis now 21 years, and God hadn't let me get back across the river to the promised land. So uh, he's got us uh, rooted here strong in Memphis. And uh, the way I got here, um, growing up in South Arkansas, I'd be amiss not to say, um, met Jesus when I was eight years old in a small country church, went to college over at Washtenaw Baptist, met this beautiful girl who grew up in Chicago and moved to uh, Memphis when she was in high school. And um, we were dating serious enough, and I um Followed her back over to Memphis, and she got into physical therapy school at UT Memphis. And so Nicole is a physical therapist, and I was a teacher and coach for 10 years, and then I did financial services for seven or so years, and then I jumped in both feet with Influencers Memphis as that grew and developed. Um, we've been blessed with four kids. Gracie is 17 and a senior. AJ, um, Allie Jewell is 13 and in seventh grade, and Cash is 11 and is in fifth grade, and Sadie, our baby, is ten and um in fourth grade, so as you can tell by those ages uh, Nicole's a rock star we had we got three kids that are eighteen months apart, and so uh, those first years were a whirlwind um in fact, we were pregnant with Sadie uh, when I was going through a, a harder time in life and just realizing the broken spirit or my broken spirit and men around the Memphis area and One of my mentors and my business partner were both going through the journey at that time. And when I asked them independently of each other, what was going on in their life, they both gave me the same answer and, and were emotional in that answer. And it was this man, I'm figuring out what it means to abide in Christ. And so I I think I had a unique privilege to be able to see a life transformed in front of my face before I had the privilege of going through the journey. And uh, Howard Jones in uh, January of 13 uh, handed me a Journey to Inner Chamber and he says, Hey, read this book and tell me if it grabs you. Um, I'm not much of an academic, not much of a reader, but I sat down and read Journey to Inner Chamber in one setting and I cried like a baby because, arguably, for the first time in my life, I saw where I was and I saw where I wanted to be, but I had no idea how to get there. And I little did I know uh, what 2013, what that year would hold for me. Um, as I went through this process, um, you know, of the journey, and going back to our marriage, it, it's a blessing because um, after I went through in 13, I got to see my wife and mother-in-law go through the journey in 2014. And so, this process and this ministry has been a vital part of um, our marriage, our life, um, our church, the people we impact. um, God's just really given us an opportunity to to be part of this thing. And um, even to the point to where our 17 year old is, is going through the journey for the second time in her senior year of high school. So, um, man, to say we're all in is an understatement. And to say that we've seen God's hand on this thing um, is an understatement. And uh, just very fortunate to be associated with a ministry like this and, and the men and women that, that come along with it. So.
1: Well, you know one of one of my favorite stories about you is the fact that uh, you didn't say this, but your mother-in-law's lived with you most of your marriage because she was a widow and you guys invited her to to be with you. and um right. which is that in itself is a pretty cool story. But, um, But I know I know that, you know, you're real close with her, Um, but it's one it's a lot of guys will say that their wives have noticed something about them, you know, after they go through the journey and they're like, what is going on with you? You know, but in your case, uh, it was also your mother in law. Yeah, who was very close observer of you and and came to you and talked to you about it. Right. Tell tell about that Um, real quick.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I never will forget it. Um, she she asked or told me she needed to talk to me and um, we sat down at the table and I was like, goodness, what have I done? You know, and um, <laughs> she says, I want to take some ladies through the journey. And at that time, you know, when you think back to 2013, at that time, the kind of the tagline we had was we're a marketplace ministry. We're in warehouses and, and boardrooms, probably not a whole lot of activity in the local church, probably not you know, very few, if any, women at that time were going through the journey. And so for her to ask me that question at that season of this ministry, I said, Mom, this thing is made for men. You know, why would you want to take ladies through it? She said, well, I just want to take some ladies through. She's a very kind, humble lady. And I kept pressing her on why. Why would you want to do this thing? And um, she finally looked at me, and I'll never forget this moment. She looked at me and she says, I've seen the change in you. And I realize that you don't even realize that you changed. And so it, it could be for the first time in my life that I was truly abiding and the fruit was in my wake. And, and I was not trying to be a nice guy. I, was, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to produce the fruit. It was Holy spirit in me producing the fruit and it, it was just a very um, cool process. So yeah, to have your mother-in-law recognize that and then tell me it's mm. a, it's a blessing. It, it definitely is.
1: Yeah. And you guys um, I think Memphis, I think really was the pioneer for the women's part of the ministry that's that's emerged you know i mean they they started she did that with nicole they led, led a women's group and right. uh, when when i came on staff that was one of the first trips i took was rode with rocky over to memphis and uh, the ladies wanted to meet with us and there was a whole living room full of women who were just you know so touched by the journey and we got to hear story after story so it was really
0: really and, pretty cool you know one conversation i had with rocky um and i can't remember the context but we brought up ladies starting to go through the journey and i think that was part of the the reason for the revamping of the manual and, and some of the material to go through and to you know check pronouns in the questions obviously not in scripture but in the, the manual part and to make the cover a little different, you know, without the night being on top in front of it. So, you know, just to see how God brought all of that together at a very cool time. Um, I, I really enjoy my view of the parade, I guess, to sum yeah. it So
1: well, and, you know, just, I think God's just expanded the vision. You know, we thought it was just a men's ministry and and we've, Rocky will say, no, it's a discipleship ministry for the body of Christ, you know, it's for the, for the whole kingdom. Um, so uh, it's it's been really cool to watch it. So, so let's talk a little bit about our topic, Jay. Um, last, well, a few weeks ago, Rocky helped me kind of set this establishing the journey, you know, talking about that, uh, the house uh, visual that's in, in Orphan No More that we talk about in, in early in the journey, talking about the foundation, the bedrock of grace. And then that there's these pillars built on the bedrock of grace. Um, one is called God knows one is God cares. One is God is willing and one is God is able. And uh, so Gary Harris helped me build on the foundation, the bedrock of grace with uh, God knows last week. And uh, you get the, you get the honor of talking about this idea that God not only knows everything about us, but he cares about, he hmm. cares about what he knows. Right. Um, Let's talk about that. When you first got exposed to that in the journey, what did did you, could you receive that? Or, I mean, tell me how that struck you the first time you got exposed to that.
0: Um, uh, I would say I received it and I would say it's like a swimming pool and I ran to it and jumped in it cannonball mm. Um, mm. because going back to 2013 and that phase of my spiritual growth and development, um, I needed that the most. And I would be amiss not to go back to the previous um, session and Psalm 139 and just unpacking it like we did going through it during that time and and understanding that God knows. And I grew up knowing that God knows everything and and always had that view. I've never not had that view of of God, Um, but the detail of it, I, I was never taught um, or never explained to, and not, let me back up. I never received it. If it was taught to me, I, I don't want to say it was never taught. Um, yeah. but the way that Psalm 139 hit me and then to transition into God cares and to fully understand that Psalm 139, um, the way it hit me at that time, man, was just, uh, it, it was just Holy spirit, you know, all over it. Um, you know, Frank, or I'll credit Frank and Tulsa for, introducing me to the phrase quiet desperation. And mm-hmm. I don't know when I was introduced to that term, but I would say that's where I was prior to this thing. And, and that's what I see in the, the number of men I talk to. I, I noticed the quiet desperation. And so mm-hmm. for this session um, to be this early in the process to, to and feed out of God knowing and you go to God cares and you begin to understand um, that that quiet desperation is the enemy that it is the orphan spirit, that it is every insecurity that could ever manifest itself, um, in my mind, is satisfied by knowing how much God truly cares for us and, and coming to terms with that and coming to the, uh, the letting go of that. Um, Pete McKenzie said this at, at one of the SOTOs, and, and I quote this a lot too. We basically have uh, three options. One, we can stay in the shallow end of the pool and be scared to go into the deep end. Or we could be an idiot and jump into the the deep end of the pool and just tread water and hope for the best. Or we could be so intently focused on Christ that we could walk on water. Mm. And so the the God cares part kind of gives me that, um, I guess that fire or that faith that is needed to um, make disciples, bottom line, to, to understand how much he cares for me And then as I process that, and and you sent it out this morning in the verse, um, you know, love God, love others, as we do what? As we love ourselves. And I really Mm -hmm. think um, for us to understand how much God loves us and cares for us, when we grasp that, we're able to give that away. And so the way this session hit, it really opened the door within my first journey group that I was a participant in to care for a guy who was in that group and our guide affectionately or a very um, gently said Jay will you pursue Larry and man i was scared to death i didn't know what to say to him i didn't know how to to do what i have grown to do through holy spirit um but that was my first taste of actually pursuing a guy and him understanding that god cares for him and us having that conversation and so this session has a lot of different um I guess, personal, um, implications to it as well as just the spiritual growth, um, side as well. But, um, so yeah.
1: Well, and you know, it's, I think, I mean, from my perspective, I think a lot of men and women, they, they can buy into the fact that God knows every everything cause he's omnipotent and that they don't have trouble believing that. Right. But the, but the fact that we know that he cares about a lot of things, you know, like peace in the Middle East and the Israelites and you know uh, world affairs. But does he care about my mortgage that I'm laid on? Does he care about my struggle in my marriage? Does he does he does he care about this bad habit I've got? You know, right? And and we're building a case that yes, he does. Yes, he does. He he wants to. He cares about the intimate tiniest details of our life. And and I think that blows people away and they're not too sure about
0: that. Yeah, I, I would agree 100%. And, you know, you go back to that time and and I'm, I've been reminiscing knowing that we we're going to have this conversation. And so I'm, my mind is really on what my experience was back then. And, mm-hmm. you know, during that time, we read um, Shepherd's Look at 23rd Psalm was part of the, mm-hmm. the curriculum. And I right. remember distinctly, and I, I may butcher it because um, it's been a while since I read that one. But the, the analogy of when the sheep is on its back and all four legs are just boiling and going, mm-hmm. you know, ninety not to nothing. And for the shepherd to go over and just gently, it, it doesn't, you know, hit the sheep or kick it over. It, it, it picks it up and it turns it over so it can go back to what it's doing. And I find my myself many times in that situation, um, with uh, the enemy's thoughts or the enemy's attack, the flaming arrows, when they come at me, I find myself just on all fours. And then to have that uh, reassurance and that memory of how much God cares, and he gently picks me up and flips me back over and says, okay, son, go, here here you go, I got you. Um, Hmm. So it's a very, um, man, it's it's a daily or a weekly or sometime within the course of a week in my life and over the past Nine, ten years, that has hit, that thought has hit me on a consistent basis, um, on, on God cares and how gentle a shepherd is with its sheep and doing what's best for the, the sheep. Um, and knowing that God has the best intentions for me. And my response to that determines whether or not I accept it or not, you know, which is the abiding relationship. So.
1: Well, yeah, and just to fill in the the gaps in case people don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, there's a little book, a little gem of a book called A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23, written by Philip Keller. And he was a real-life shepherd back in the 60s, 70s in Africa, actually, I think. Um, right. I think he's an American, the guy who wrote it. But uh, he he all, he was dissecting the 23rd Psalm. You know, Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. You know, and um, through the eyes of a shepherd, because he, he it, it all started making sense to what David was talking about, because David was a shepherd uh, who wrote the twenty-third psalm, and so yeah, um, yeah. So there's little little nuggets, just like you described. Like he said that sheep will will get them; they'll start, you know, burrowing into the ground, and they'll get themselves in trouble in a hole, and end up right. on their back. And yeah, it's called a cast. Sheep or whatever, yeah. And so <laughs> that's a great image. Um, but yep. there's all sorts of that's that I we highly recommend that book. We don't we we don't actually we used to use it as part of the curriculum, but uh, we had to phase it out because we're starting to translate things in other languages, and we couldn't we didn't have the rights to do that. So, uh, but we yep. still highly recommend that book. It's and you know, in scripturally speaking, Jay, because um, we were talking about what's what's scriptural. You know, like if someone said, "Well," Prove it to me that God cares, scripturally. You know, if you said, "Well, you know, I mean, that, that's that's that just Rocky's thought that God cares, or can you prove it to me scripturally?" You right. know, we go to we we go to the twenty third Psalm as as one example of David writing about he's a shepherd, you know, and then Jesus Himself talked about Himself like a shepherd that He cares right. and all that, you know, and he and He wants to walk with us and give us good pasture and he's also the gate for, for us. And, you know, all the, there's, can you think of anything, any other things you would say to somebody if they said, well, prove that to me scripturally?
0: Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting that I would probably take this approach and it's in the session and God cares. Um, I was blessed or I am blessed um, with a godly dad. And he loved me well, or loves me well, Loved me well growing up, loves me well now. Um, and, I never encountered anybody who had anything negative to say about it, and so when I think about my father I, I I've correlated his my earthly father's love for me to my heavenly father's love for me and then when I take a step back and realize that's a human dad right or an earthly dad and then to process God's care and God's love and you go through scripture and the love story of scripture from the beginning to the end and and everything in between. Um, And and just the way that he, I get the way he shows himself in the different situations through scripture. And so to answer your question, depending on the conversation, right? um, I would go to Psalm 23. I would go to Psalm 139. I would go to um, the command of love that you sent out this morning um, Mm -hmm. and how his heartbeat is to love and Mm -hmm. to, within this section to understand the, um, the justice, the mercy, and the grace piece of who God mm-hmm. is and, and to, to find scripture to back that up. He's a just God. He's a merciful God. He's a graceful God. And to show him um, as God and not human
1: mm-hmm.
0: because so many times I think we correlate him to what we experience as a earthly father, good, bad, or indifferent. And we maybe tag that on to him which is probably one of the most unjust things we could ever do because he's God. Mm. Um, and, and to God, the creator of, um, of everything and to give him that, that praise, if that makes sense. So I think, you know, you go back to the grassroots of, of scripture creation to, to now.
1: I love that. I love the way that you put it in the context of love. You know, I mean, yeah, that that that's the biggest way that he shows us that he cares is how much he loves us. And I think I was just reading some stuff in Ezekiel this this morning. And it's kind of like, even though he's uh, he was so frustrated and so angry with all their sin and their idolatry and all that, he was always willing to relent and wanted to give him a second chance. If you'll turn to me, I'll forgive you. You know, Uh I mean, it's very clear, even in the Old Testament, that he loved his people so much, you know, I mean, sure, he was disappointed and he wanted holiness and he he was disappointed over and over again. But he was always willing to give him another chance, you know, always yeah. wanting them to turn back. Yeah.
0: And, and, you know, you go to, you know, with Jesus and the way he treated those who persecuted him, the way he treated those who deceived him, the way he treated those who ridiculed him, and, and left him, you know, went to sleep. I mean, his closest friend. Right. Um, mm. he, he always loved. And, and he always showed that compassion. And, you know, I it's I think that's one of the biggest things, Brian, that has shocked me with the journey process is to see the men and women live it out. And it's like you're visibly seeing Christ. When if we could go back 2000 years ago, you know, mm-hmm. you're seeing the attributes that he set forth that we're living out because of John 15. Right. It's him and us and us and him apart from him, we can do nothing. And so it really is a beautiful thing. And I do think, and all of us have our sweet spots in this process. I do think understanding that God cares and so to, to every little detail of our life, it's almost like a key that unlocks the door for me um, because mm-hmm. it brings it to a personal level in a way that I had never experienced, you know, until yeah. this process. So
1: Well, yeah, that's, you hit the nail on the head. I think this whole process is about trying to help an individual learn that God wants an intimate relationship with them. So, I mean, so that gets into your, your intimate details of your life. You know, I I was sitting there thinking one of my favorite parts of that session is in the assignment. It says, write in your journal, a list of all your cares and concerns, write them all down. Right. And, And then, and then what's funny is, Usually, within two weeks, which a session spans about two weeks, God's already answering concerns and answering prayers
0: Is that not awesome
1: in those two weeks and and guys have a chance to, or girls have a chance to share that you know right off the bat it's so i I love that um and I think he wants to tell us he wants to show us how much he cares
0: right absolutely,
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that's so cool um well have you seen anything else have you seen you know in all the groups you've led and all that I, you know one thing I was going to say earlier when you were talking about your dad and all that um that night that we met with those ladies in the living room in Memphis um one thing that struck me was how many women unfortunately didn't have good fathers and right. and either were abused you know physically or just verbally or whatever but just it to the point where they didn't think god could ever love them i mean they mm. they equated the lack of love they received from their earthly father, they put that on God, right. and the journey opened their eyes to a new path and in a in a new relationship. And I mean, these ladies were passing the Kleenex around, and we were just doing introductions. You know, right, what I mean, right. hadn't even gotten into anything, but uh, but have you witnessed that in some of the men you've and you've told me before you meet with men every week? You you know, yeah. I mean, guys, have, you know, some who've been through the journey, some who are just someone sends you a guy and said, would you go meet with this guy and all that? Well, and, uh, t- t- yeah, tell me if you know, you've seen some of that, that'd be a light bulb for some guys on that part of it.
0: Yeah. You know, and it's interesting whenever I sit down with the guy, and <clears throat> you know, I know each region starts groups in different ways. And one of the ways that we, um, help qualify guys if they're ready to go, if it's their time to go through the journey, you know, in this season is that you know, we'll hand them journey to or chamber and then, you know, we'll meet with them. And one of the things that I've said pretty consistently, I said the first three months of this thing, you're probably going to get hung up on one of these four things. That God knows, He's cares, He's willing, and He's able. And I said, and most likely, you're probably going to get hung up on that He cares, because this thing lays out Scripture and, and asks questions in such a way, and as you start to give a response to the Scripture that you've been given to to go through, you're you're going to you're going to have an aha moment. Oh my goodness. He cares for me. And uh, I said, you're either going to be able to receive that or it's going to be hard. You know, uh, it's, it's most of the time that this session is not just a blow by session, if that makes sense. It's, it takes, it does some hard, hard work. And so I I would agree. I think that's been my biggest shot, Brian, and the number of men that I talked to the amount of hurt that has come from their father and how it's a trust issue. It's a, uh, a fear issue and it's a, it's a a self-worth issue. Goodness. How could he care for me? I've done ABCD, you know, it's like, there's not any hope in it. So, um, I would say I see that easily, you know, on a weekly basis that that men don't grasp that. And, and even the men who know the truth, um, I, I had this conversation with the guy this morning. I, I believe the journey process does not allow, this is what I said to him, I believe the journey process does not allow a man or a woman to stay lukewarm. It forces you to be hot or cold. Because once you know the truth of Scripture and the, the attributes of God, um, you can't be lukewarm. You, you're either going to abide or you're not. And, and the sad thing is there's some people who choose not to. And they choose to go the cold route, and they choose to isolate themselves, and it's a sad thing to have to see. Um, but it's also on the flip side, it's a beautiful thing to see to see an individual who's abiding, who understands the attributes of God, and um, the fruits coming from them. You know, it's a living, breathing, you know, entity. You know, when you see the Holy Spirit working that way. So yeah, um, I, I think it's just a lack of uh, of understanding how much he, he really cares for us in the details
1: and I agree with what you said to that guy, because I, I feel like the way I always put it is it's like God shines this major spotlight into your heart and shows the dark corners of your heart. And it freaks some guys out and they'll tuck tail and run, or they'll press into the process for the guys who press into it, man, it's, it ends up blessing their socks off, but, but people just, it scares people. Like you said that, you know, and you know, another thing I'm thinking about Jay is, um, I believe this is a a uh, Jewish kind of thought. What's a God thought is what it is, right. is the father's blessing. Mm-hmm. You know, that everybody's wanting the father's blessing. They're wanting, they want to know that their father loves them. They want to, you know, and, and even in the in the old uh, customs of the Jewish customs, a father would come and he would look his child in the face and he would touch him on the cheek
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he would speak a word of love and affirmation to him. Right. And, and I could tell you that people are starving for that. I, th- I mean, I, I think people are, they want that. And, they, and if they didn't get it from their father, they got to understand their heavenly father wants to bless them. He wants to show them how much he loves them and cares for them and all that.
0: You know, and, but I, I think
1: the journey helps with that. So, yeah.
0: yeah. When you said that, and, and we make an end on this, this story, I met with a guy last week, first time, never talked to him before in my life. We sat for an hour and a half and, and hit on the attributes of God and God cares. And I looked at him and I told him, I said, man, I said, it's such a blessing to be able to look at you and tell you I love you. And I said, we don't know each other. We, we just shared an hour and a half. And um, he broke down and, and started crying. Mm. And as we were leaving uh, the place we were meeting, he looked at me and he said, can I ask you an odd question? I said, sure, man. He said, um, can I just give you a hug? And I said, <laughs> absolutely you can. I said, I'm a hugger, man. <laughs> And so I just gave him a hug. And he says, thank you so much for reminding me how much God loves me. And, you know, that's, I think that's the fruit of abiding or, or, or a fruit of abiding is that, and I say this a lot too, and I forget who told it to me, but let's take mine and your relationship. I'm the direct beneficiary of your abiding relationship. And I would hope that you're the direct beneficiary of my abiding relationship. Mm -hmm. And that just brings God the honor and glory in anybody that we encounter because it's him and us and not us, if that Mm -hmm. may be. I mean, that's a very uh, generic elementary statement, but it goes back to the love, love God, love others as what, as we love ourselves. And that's not going to get us a new pair of shoes or me getting a new four-wheeler. It's understanding how much he cares for me and receiving that. And then I can't help, but that can't help but come out of me as I abide because I understand my lot in life and whose I am. And, um, you know, coming from a guy who has a list of insecurities and, and fears and everything else. I mean, that's a big deal, man. Um, to acknowledge those, like you said, to to write those out in this session and to give that to him and it eliminates the quiet exploration and provides mm. freedom to be able to do what we're, we're called to do in him. So. Mm.
1: Well, and, and, you know, one thing that you were, um, alluding to is uh, i posted a little post on facebook because i was reading uh, the i love that verse when because to me whenever life gets complicated or your faith gets complicated which you know it can get you can get into all sorts of different theological debates and or or just life just gets complicated I, i've always come back to god just sums it all jesus sums it all up when they said yeah. what's the greatest commandment and he said to love your god with all your heart soul and your mind and the second is just like it love your neighbor as yourself you know, so right. that's it. Love God and love others. I mean, if you, if it gets too complicated, just go to that and,
0: uh, that's, that's the right?
1: <laughs> and, and, and what you're, I love how you're tying it together that even in a journey group or something, when you love others or care for others, you help them understand how much God cares them, cares for right. them. I, I think that's, and, and that's what Jesus is trying to put those two together. You right. love God and you love others and they all kind of work together in, in, in reinforce one another, you know? So. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely,
1: that's good. That's good. Well, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna close this with uh, I'm gonna read the 23rd Psalm oh. as a closing because this is the this is just uh, David's expression of how much God God cares for us. Yeah. So it says, uh, "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul." Sure, All right, brother. Well, thank you, Jay. Thank you for your time. Yeah. That was good. Good insights. So, uh, anyway, well, this has been the influencers network podcast and I'm Brian Craig and uh, we, we, we do these about once a week and there's a whole cata- uh, catalog of pod- podcasts on our website, influencers.org, go to resources and podcasts. I think we've done at least 150 uh, broadcasts by now. They start out as just a, uh, a way to get some of Rocky's wisdom out there because I wanted to interview him and uh, all that. And now it's it's really blown up to a lot of other things. So anyway, we'll join us also on the the Journey podcast series. We're going to keep going through all the little uh, aspects that we take in the journey. So and you'll get to hear from different leaders just like Jay. So anyway, but you can find all that, at, all the information on our website or, or anywhere that you stream your podcast as well. So anyway, I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries. And I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you today.